Welcome to Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person, then I met these folks. Wow. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. Not all heroes wear capes. Who's our hero today? Mental illness affects so many people, but it's still one of the least talked about and most stigmatized medical conditions, making it harder for people to get help. That sounds like a job for you. Heather, what's the solution? My friend Nancy O'Farrell runs NAMI Tallahassee. She connects people with mental illness and their families with the support they need to live happy and healthy lives. Sounds like you've got this under control. We knew we can count on you, Heather. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in today. I've been wanting to introduce you to Nancy O'Farrell, who I've interviewed twice once for an award that she won for being awesome, and then again in a story about NAMI Tallahassee, the local affiliate for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. In the conversation you're about to hear, Nancy and I talk about the important work that NAMI does to address mental illness. Listen closely for ways that you can help and about why you need to know the letters C-I-T. Be sure to check us out on the How To Do Life Facebook page and in the show notes for more information about how you can help. Let's get into it. I am so happy to be able to meet in person somebody who I have interviewed on the phone a few times about this fantastic organization that is so important and it's going to solve problems. We're going to solve problems today. Um, And that person is Nancy O'Farrell, who is the executive director of NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Did I get that right? It's actually National Alliance on On. Mental Illness, and it's NAMI Tallahassee. NAMI Tallahassee, (laughs) and that's an affiliate of a national organization, right? Yes, that's correct. Tell us what NAMI does here in Tallahassee. NAMI offers uh, classes, presentations, support groups, um, just general support, advocacy, and community outreach for uh, persons with mental health conditions and their families and friends. Uh, we are not mental health service providers. We don't do therapy. We are just um, family members with lived experience. So we don't do treatment. Uh, our biggest mission, I think, is education. Education in the area of mental illness for Individuals who are diagnosed with a mental illness, um, family members and caregivers and community members about um, the many stigmas that, that we have in our in our society right. um, surrounding mental illness. Yes, that that's completely correct. Yes. I um, had the wonderful experience of um, going to a presentation about NAMI where the um, the opening was talking about diabetes. When if you have diabetes, you take medication for that. If you have high blood pressure, there's no shame in taking medication for that. If you um, have asthma, there's no <laughs> shame in taking medication yes. for that. But for some reason, there is an there is an element of shame that I think is starting to diminish. But we still have in place for taking care of our mental health. That's, that is completely correct. There's a lot of stigma surrounding the issue of mental illness. 
And I'd just like to point out, medication is wonderful, and many, many mental illnesses are treatable, but it's not the only tool we have. Uh, An awful lot of people use medication together with talk therapy, or no medication at all and talk therapy, or meditation and mindfulness, exercise, diet, different things work for different people and different combinations do. So, But the whole principle of treating an illness, uh, for instance, you don't say to someone, well, you have cancer, but as soon as it gets to stage four, come on back here and we'll start your treatment. <laughs> but that's a, a lot of times what happens with a mental illness. You know, mm-hmm. If you're not having a psychotic break or you're not hearing voices or you're not so clinically depressed you can't get out of bed, uh, then there's a reluctance to seek help. And I think that's because of stigma that's been with us probably since the beginning of time when people didn't understand mental illness. I'm going to ask a question that might seem kind of obvious, but why is that a problem? It is a total problem because, um, first of all, 20% of the country, of in any country, anywhere, probably have had or are having some form of mental health issue. And those are just the folks that get diagnosed, that's, that appear for treatment. And this is my personal opinion. I'm sure there are many more out there that we don't know about that don't show up in the statistics. So take an average workplace. Um, you're going to have folks that you're working with uh, in your church, in your Sunday school class, in your schoolroom. Um, anywhere you go, there are going to be people who have mental health conditions. Uh, we we come into contact with it all the time. It makes it sometimes hard to work. Um, it makes it hard to function. It makes it hard to parent or to be um, a successful high school student. Uh, there are just so many reasons why if, if we have issues with mental health that we really need to address them and take care of them. And just like any other, I, I can't even think of a condition you could name that doesn't do better if you catch it early. So early, early awareness is really, really important. And uh, sadly enough, um, we find more and more children, um, elementary age and even younger, who are being diagnosed with mental health conditions. Um, you know, we live in a troubling world. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, different. So uh, kids sometimes really are suffering and hopefully are getting help. Uh, but but outcomes are so much better when that happens when you're younger. Um, I, I run into an awful lot of college students in working with NAMI because they are eager to volunteer to help, particularly those that are psych majors and social work majors in, in the nursing school and those sort of things, and they will volunteer with us. Many of them have stories about how they just barely survived high school, mm-hmm. and most of it is because of the shame, you know, how high school kids are. They don't want to be different. I've had more than one college student tell me I really should have talked to my parents when I was 15, but I was afraid I was going to let them down. I mean, the stories are are, are pretty sad and pretty heartbreaking. Uh, So the point of education in normalizing the idea that mental illness is just an illness, it really is an illness, and there are all kinds of different ways to treat it, but mostly you need to identify that there's a problem mm-hmm. and work on it together. And what NAMI does, that's the education piece of what we do. We have support groups. We advocate for 
programs with legislators and county commissions. We also have opportunities for people to get involved. Um, I once had someone at a mental health center tell me that they didn't never had anybody who came in there who thought they really needed to be there. Hmm. So people would tell her, you know, I'm not like these other people. Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. They're all crazy. I'm not crazy. And her response always would be, then why don't you help them? Mm -hmm. Because reaching out and helping other people is good for people. Uh, No matter who you are, no matter what state your mental health is in, I'd also like to make the point that mental health is far more than just the absence of illness. Yes. And it's it's sad and it's depressing and it's isolating and it's scary. And that does things to your mental health. I think more and more people are starting to recognize the fragility of their mental health the longer that we spend in such a high anxiety and high emotion time. Um, people who, who may not have reached that level of um, self-awareness um, if they had not been in, a, in an environment where um, where the, those elements started to come out uh, might not recognize what they're feeling and you know sometimes I think that people um, will assume that a mental illness must mean something that is obvious um, you know maybe that there's a difference that you can kind of perceive in communication mm-hmm. with somebody um, but it really runs the gambit of of different circumstances and and it is a holistic experience that affects all areas of your life it, it really does and um, you know you don't have to be hearing voices right or or you know running the streets tearing off your clothes or whatever those old terrible images of mental illness are to be having some mental health issues that's really what we call them challenges mm-hmm. they're issues they're challenges and you don't necessarily need a prescription for it you need awareness Um, You need support from other people who are going through the same thing. And you need to educate yourself. And we've got such incredible opportunities in Tallahassee for treatment. We, We have a terrible shortage of psychiatrists in America, not just here, but everywhere. However, there's a lot of treatment below the level of of a doctor, of a physician, that you know there are clinical psychologists, there are licensed clinical clinical social workers, there are marriage and family therapists, there are any number of opportunities. We have new programs that have been started recently and are ongoing. What are some of your biggest needs right now in Tallahassee? Um, and the reason the the background of my question is if somebody's listening to this and feels like they have a skill that they could put to use or that they're curious about how they could help. Um, What types of needs do you have and how can somebody get involved? So we're always looking for volunteers and and people can volunteer in a variety of ways. Uh, We do have opportunities for people to um, spread the word, to be in touch with uh, medical practices. There are a number of, of family practice physicians in town and pediatricians who are willing to have our brochures in their lobby. And if somebody's got to take those things, every time they need a refill, somebody's got to go running around and, and fill that. A little tiny jobs like that, all the way up to becoming one of our program leaders, learning how to teach one of our classes, how to facilitate a support group. But well, we have a system, we have a website, and you can go there and just push on a little volunteer button mm-hmm. and a very short, very brief 
form will pop up and you fill it out, you know, with your name and your email. And, and there are all kinds of different tasks and you just check what sounds interesting and hit submit. And I will tell you a secret. It then comes to my email. <laughs> You're going to get me if you do that. And then what I do is respond and say, let's get together and mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. In the olden days, we would actually get together and talk. Now we do a Zoom, a little Zoom call, mm-hmm. and I get to know people. Uh, that's one way we get so many college students. They will reach out and volunteer, sometimes because they're just volunteer-oriented, mm-hmm. sometimes even for credit. Right. It just depends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we figure out, because um, I am a certified volunteer manager from many years ago, and the first thing you do is don't ask someone to volunteer if you don't have a job for right. them to do. So, <laughs> so I, we try to find what, where is their passion? Who do they want to help? Kids? Uh, do you want to get involved with walking the halls of the legislature? Do you do you want to um, you know help with our annual fundraiser? There are just a myriad of different things that can be done. Our greatest need right now is for and I, I just I will really drill down to specifics here. Mm-hmm. We have a support group for adults, eighteen and plus. And by the way, our programs are all for adults. We don't we don't do children's programs except for one presentation that we can do in a school to a classroom. Um, but that has to be, of course, with the approval of the administration and so on. But primarily, we don't work with children. So anybody eighteen plus who is living in recovery with a mental health condition. Okay. Re- what would be considered recovery? Recovery is just like recovery with any kind of anything. If you talk about someone who has breast cancer and it's recurring and they're taking their medication, going for whatever treatment they have and they live. Someone with HIV AIDS, they live with treatment. The same thing with mental illness. If you have a mental health condition because of the lack of really good research we probably aren't going to cure that right but you're living you're you're, you're doing your treatment you're you have um, a life you have a job you have perhaps you have a family you might have kids you might have a car payment i mean it's just living a normal life and oh by the way i have a mental health diagnosis and in recovery is different for every person mm-hmm. uh, many people live in recovery they might be on disability they can't really the, the stress of working is too much but there are all kinds of other things that they do they're they're you know just out there and every day volunteering uh working with other people who are like them and, and we like to call in, in the mental health world people who have a diagnosis we call them peers okay with other peers uh they may or may not be consumers of, of mental health services i i know of one young man you know really brilliant young man who's now in medical school who does nothing for his mental health condition but meditation, mm-hmm. starting first thing in the morning and many times during the day. He's he's back inside his head meditating. So whatever works, but he's in med school. In fact, I it's know working I'm, for him. Quite a few medical <laughs> students that are that are managing their mental illnesses very very well. So a person should be in recovery, but we need volunteers who are living with mental health conditions in recovery. Who, who feel like they would like to get trained to facilitate our support group so for people like with mental illness. So is that like a mentor role in a way? Um, no. We at NAMI, the national organization, has created the, the evidence-based best practice training for okay. all of our programs. 
So there is training. Our peer support group is called NAMI Connection. Mm-hmm. And a NAMI Connection training would be a weekend. And right now they're on Zoom. Right. We're not having anything in person, but we're still doing training. And before a person would decide they wanted to do that, they would be a mentee in a support group helping out, just seeing how it works. You know, who comes? How do you do it? It's super confidential. I don't myself do not have a mental health condition. I, frankly, am not welcome in a NAMI Connection support group because it's it's for peers, facilitated by peers, and and it's their own space. So, the problem and it's not really a problem, but but the outcome of that is that our facilitators get really burned out. Mm-hmm. We meet this group every single week mm-hmm. for an hour and a half a week, every single week, and. I happen to be a family support group facilitator because I have a family member who has a mental health condition. And I can tell you that doing that is hmm, exhausting. Yes, it is. People come to support group generally because they really are at their wit's end, either with their condition or with their loved one's condition. And, and the facilitators are there to let them talk to let them support each other. Uh, we don't offer solutions to problems, but we have something called group wisdom. And anybody's welcome to say anything they want to. So if they say, I really like this doctor, why don't you try that person? That's fine. Um, and so people learn things in support group. And we have people who return every week. Every single week they count on that. And we're, we always need facilitators for those support groups because it doesn't seem like we can ever have enough of them, or you know, we could probably meet every night of the week mm-hmm. uh, if we had enough people. Well, holding space for people like that it takes your emotional energy. It does. And so having truly um, having volunteers and, and people who are ready to take on that role right. it, it gives the other facilitators a bit of a break, correct? Um, so that they can recharge and then be ready to come yeah. back and, and be present with and people again. And we're very aware because these facilitators, particularly in the NAMI Connection Group, they have their own mental health to deal with right so we have debriefs we have support group just for the facilitators so um and and that's that works really well um but the the absolute cardinal rule with nami is you must have lived the experience that you are teaching or sharing so you cannot teach our family to family class if you do not have a family member with a mental health condition and the only difference between you as the teacher and this person as the participant is that you've had this weekend's worth of training. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are peers. Mm-hmm. You, you're you both just somebody's mom, in right. my case, somebody's mom. So um, it's amazing how that works. And to my knowledge, first of all, NAMI is the largest grassroots organization in the country addressing mental illness. Really? Grassroots meaning primarily volunteer. And second... I don't know of any other program that's so focused on the families. So if you have a a loved one who has a a mental health crisis and you call 911 and you ask for a crisis intervention team trained officer. Okay. Because they really know what to do. And always ask for a CIT officer. When you call 911, we have... We are so blessed, both the police chief and the sheriff really support CIT. 
send as many officers as they can to that training. So you have a loved one who has locked himself in the bathroom with a gun. Mm. And he says, I, I can't stand it anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. So you're his mom. And this is your worst nightmare. And you call 911 and you say, I, I, you know, my son is threatening suicide. I need a CIT officer. Please, please come. They come. No lights and sirens. No handcuffs. And they are just amazing at the way they can defuse that sort of situation. But the upshot is your son gets taken to the central receiving facility and goes in to be evaluated. Okay, you're sitting out in the waiting room thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Without NAMI, there's nothing for you. There's no class. There's no support group. We focus on the families. The peers also, but the families are our first concern. And when my husband and I took the family to family class back in 2012, it changed our whole life. And I'm not exaggerating. Because we have a son with a mental health condition, we learned about medication, about treatment, about how to take care of ourselves, and most important for us, how to put ourselves into his shoes and try to figure out how it must feel to to be that way. And, and, And I'm not exaggerating. From that point on until this day, our son has gotten better and better and better. He's living in recovery. He's married. He finished college. He has a job. He has a stepson. He does not live in Florida anymore, so I, I, I can talk about him a little bit. Uh, but he is he's the best recovery story I know. And in my opinion, that's because we learned so much with NAMI about how to live with a loved one who had a mental health condition. And we have two things that we say. Recovery is possible, mm-hmm. and there is always hope. Listening to you tell that story of sitting in the waiting room and wondering what there is for you and um, where to go and what to do, the description that you gave of NAMI made me think of a of a blanket mm-hmm. being wrapped around you with the services and support um, and comfort that that you need to be able to make the decisions and and have that that change of perspective to be able to to understand your loved one's perspective and shoes and where they are and how you can serve Mm -hmm. them and then how you can also care for yourself and for others who are going through the same through a similar experience that's that's right and self-care is so important because it's that old oxygen mask thing you know Mm -hmm. have to put your own on before you do anybody else's and um that's what our classes teach And our peer-to-peer class, which is taught to peers by peers, is intended for people who are working on their recovery. It is a wonderful, it's an eight-week class, and they just develop an amazing toolkit for for how to manage bad days and good days and and how to reach out and how to to build self-esteem and just just a myriad uh, number of things that peer-to-peer offers to peers. And I'm not really aware of any other organization that does that either. It sounds like there's 
a place in NAMI, whether you are um, a Tallahassee resident who has a passion for helping others and and feels called to working in mental health and supporting um, to be able to come in and and become trained as a facilitator um, or to just help with with logistics on the ground. And then also for loved ones, caregivers, family members of people who are um, experiencing a, a diagnosis of a mental illness. And then for individuals who actually have a diagnosis or suspect they may mm-hmm. um, have a mental illness right. to be able to, everybody can come and be served absolutely, here and then serve others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if, if we're talking about children, we do have a class for parents and primary caregivers of children ages 5 to 21 who have mental health issues. They don't even have to have a diagnosis. That's called NAMI Basics. Okay. And that class is NAMI Basics On Demand. That's completely online. Uh, the people who take that there are other people doing the class at the same time, and they kind of form little mini support groups with each other. Because you know how parents are. I, I, what would we do without networking moms in the world? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't even know. We would probably have a lot more chronic mental health <laughs> we really consequences. Would. We really would. Parents are so good with each other. And, and, you know, we have a number of grandparents in our community who are raising children, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So it's not just parents. It's parents and primary caregivers. And when you talk about Tallahassee, all of these surrounding counties, these, these small counties around us with Gadsden and Wakulla and Liberty and, and Jefferson and Taylor and all around us, they don't have a NAMI affiliate. We're, we're it. NAMI mm-hmm. Tallahassee is the local affiliate basically for the Big Bend. But we have volunteers from a lot of those counties. We just trained someone from Washington County and from Holmes County to do one of our presentations. Someone in Madison just trained. We have Wakulla. We've got Gadsden. So we're always trying to grow programs in other counties. Mm -hmm. They can be under our umbrella. Uh, As the executive director, I'm the facilitator. If I've I've got two people who want to teach a class, I say, tell me when you want to do it. I'll order the materials. I'll... Make sure everybody gets their, their notebooks. Uh, we'll find you a place. I mean, we're, we're constantly aware of our area. It's eight to ten counties that are served by Tallahassee folks. If I were queen of the world <laughs> and had unlimited funds, um, I would be, I'd have people in all those counties every day reaching out to, to families and trying to say, you know, come on, let's, let's get a NAMI started here. Let's, let's help each other. Um, well, because I'm going to put your website on our page so that people okay. can contact you. All right. Um, and if they do have questions about um, how to start a chapter in their area, um, how to become an affiliate, they can ask you exactly how to do that. Absolutely. And it's not easy. And I would like to say everything we do is offered to the public at no charge. But it's not free to do. Exactly. <laughs> so we constantly are, and it doesn't cost a whole lot. You know, we're, we're a little bitty nonprofit. We don't have big expenses because we have no employees. That's pretty much the biggest expense of any entity is, mm-hmm. is the people that they pay, as it should be. I, I'm a big, a big proponent of people being paid for their work. Uh, but we don't have employees, and we have rather small rent, so our operation costs are very low. Uh, our primary costs are for materials and to send people to training because that's not free. The trainers have to be paid. 
So uh, we do fundraise. Um, and you have one that's going on right now. Right. We have an annual fundraiser that we've been doing since 2015, which is called the Bluebird Run and Walk for Brookie B. And its focus is on the issue of suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooke Bowers uh, took her own life, I think now about seven years ago. And her parents are the prime movers and shakers of this event. Uh, they have poured their hearts and souls into the Bluebird Run. And it's every year it's just an amazing event on Labor Day. Last year we had five, almost 600 people signed up just to do the run and the walk. And that doesn't count all the other folks that were just hanging out. Uh, it's a beautiful setting. It's out at the Offord Greenway. And just this year, Leon County has marked our trail it's called the Bluebird Trail, so oh, there are actually nice. signs up on the trail now. We've kind of finally made the big time, I think. That's pretty big time. Yeah, so this year... It's virtual. Uh, yeah. Bill Bowers you know, talked to the folks down at the county, and they said, oh, no, you're not having 500 people at the no. Offer Greenway. <laughs> they didn't even know then how, how much worse it was going to get, but that was it was just it was canceled from the get-go. So we're virtual this year. Um we realize that hospitals, who are our biggest supporters, um, you know, medical practices, law firms, everybody, everybody is hurting financially. Mm-hmm. Um, this has really hit our economy in a big way. So we really aren't expecting much this year, but we are just blown away by the fact that Appalachia Center is our presenting sponsor. And, and when we asked them, they said, well, absolutely, of course, and they are amazing people and dr reeve at Appalachian center is a huge nami supporter and every year has come out and run the race i will i will note um and then liebenhout law is a wonderful disability law firm locally and the president and, and matt liebenhout was one was our president for four years he's very into nami he does a lot of disability law particularly for people with mental health conditions and our third big sponsor is Tallahassee Memorial. TMH has been right there with us from the beginning. And uh, some smaller sponsors, but but our primary way to raise money with the Bluebird Run is with sponsorships. Okay. But this year we are we it, it was possible before to do to come out and run or walk and not pay anything. Possible. Just if you want a t-shirt, you had to pay for that. This year it's all virtual. We're we have prizes that we're awarding for people just drawings for prizes the registration covers the cost of the t-shirt so you pay for a t-shirt even if you don't want one sorry but this is (laughs) going to be a collector's item folks i promise (laughs) you know it's a virtual bluebird run and and we'll make a little money Mm -hmm. which is good um the main driving force behind doing this though is that we don't want to lose momentum right and and research has shown us Primarily that that's centered around the 2008 financial crisis is that suicide, the incidence of suicide stayed fairly steady while that was going on. But in the aftermath, as we came into recovery and people still weren't working, you know, a lot of jobs never came back after that. All of a sudden, you saw the suicide rate go up. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this crisis, which from my point of view, is much worse than 2008 was, I, mainly because it it's scary. It feels more pervasive. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it's scary, and, and people are afraid, and jobs are gone, and and we, we are just really worried, and we have to keep the message about suicide, awareness, about prevention, 
because because suicide is not just telling somebody the hotline number to call. There's a whole lot more to suicide prevention than that. It starts way before that. And, yes, call. and and a lot of it is education and working with families and the, all the things that we do. Um, we just think it's so important to just be a presence, even if we don't raise a whole lot of money. The Bluebird Run is so important to us that we are virtual this year, and we are so prayerful that we will be back next year in person at the Offered Greenway with more than 600 people. I feel confident that you will. I um, I feel confident that you will. I know that the Bluebird Run has been um, a growing event over mm-hmm. the years that I know I have heard more and more about. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to participate um, virtually this mm-hmm. year, and that's another way that um, people can participate in NAMI and be a supporter right. and spread the word about the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. The website is NAMI dash tallahassee.org and i'm going to put that on um on our website christineheather.com and then also on our facebook page and it'll be in the show notes and that's n-a-m-i dash tallahassee.org a multi um, faceted organization that is here to support to be that wraparound service for individuals and caregivers and family members of people who have mental illness. And right here in Tallahassee, you're not alone. You don't have to figure that out alone. And if you feel called to help others, um, that opportunity is there as well. And I say thank you, Nancy. It was such a joy to get to meet you in person today. After several phone conversations where we could talk for hours about this because there's just so many Mm -hmm. layers to it. Um, And thankfully, that also means there's lots of ways that people can help wherever you are in on the spectrum of ability and skill and interest. um, Consider NAMI as a place to put your energy. So thanks for helping us save the day. (laughs) Well, thanks for having this podcast to save the day. I think this is a really neat idea, and I wish you all the best with it. Thank you. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.